So if you're just now joining us online, we appreciate that and glad you're with us this morning. Well, we're going to pick up where we left off last week. We were talking about Joshua calling people to make a choice. A choice as to whom they would serve, the Lord or the false idols of the world. And Joshua had a very powerful statement that most of us know we've heard all our life. He says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And he said to the people, then you have to make a decision. You've got to decide what you're going to do, what your household is going to do. And I challenged you last week to put together a theological purpose statement for your home. Um, in that discussion, we considered the value of having something that you agree upon as a household, the value of having that uh, articulated accurately, and uh, how it will purposefully help you to move forward with your biblical ideas about uh, that God would lead you into about the direction that your home should go. And some of you took me seriously in that. And not as many as I thought. I've only had to give away $100 this morning, so that's not very much compared to what it could have been. Uh, but at any rate, uh, uh, one of the individuals that turned something in or gave me a copy of what they'd done, turned it in, sounds like an assignment, was uh, Judy Ballard. And uh, she was one of the first ones that did it. She sent it to me email. And uh, I was really struck um, by what uh, Judy put down and the way she'd written it up. And uh, she did such a good job. I wanted to share pieces and parts of that with you a little bit to give you an idea of how this works. She said, in their home <clears throat> where grandchildren frequently roam, I like that, home, roam, see how that works. We choose this day and every day to serve the Lord. Her first one is this, we choose to love the Lord uh, our God, with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our strength. You could have added with all our mind, right? Uh, this commandment will be on our hearts. We will impress them um, on our grandchildren, talk about them when we sit at our home, when we lie down, when we get up. Even when we are old and gray, we do not, do not forsake us, O Lord, until we declare your power to the next generation, your might to all who are to come. We choose to love. We choose to follow his commandments, to write them on our heart. We will impress. We will do, we will. What she did here was to take a scripture verse and personalize it. Several of them. Everything that she said there were passages of scripture. And she just took those and personalized them and said, her, she and Jeff said, as a couple, we're going to do this. That's a really good way to write something directional for your home. Just to take a scripture and, it's, you know, my tendency is to take the scripture and write it down and say, yeah, I purpose this. But she, uh, I think, by doing this, uh, really brings it down and internalizes it in a different way. She says, we will be a praying home. We will be, again, you see it, a praying home. Listen to this. She says, I love the Lord because he hears my voice and my prayer for mercy because he bends down to listen. I will pray as long as I have breath. Now, if you read Psalms 116, 1 and 2, that's what the passage says. Do you see how she personalized it? She plugged it in because she had experienced the same thing that David had. And she said, wow, this is this is where I'm going. 
We will talk about the prayers that uh, he has answered, the miracles he's done, and the provisions given. We recognize that prayer is not merely prattle, but spiritual warfare, and that prayer will be our first response and not our last resort. During the days of Jesus' life on earth, he offered up prayers, petitions, with fervent cries and tears to the one who could save him from death, and he was heard because of his reverent submission. So she said, we're going to be a praying household. We will be this. And she then answers the question, why? That's pretty good stuff. Or, or I thought so. She says, got to love this one, ladies. Grandma will submit to grandpa as is fitting in the Lord. And dad and grandpas, you got to love this. Grandpa will love grandma and will not be harsh with her. Lead by example here. They're going to lead by example. We will guard our speech and not let any unwholesome talk come out of our mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. We will strive to have our conversations be full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that we may know how to answer everyone. I can tell you that'll be a harder one for Jeff than it will for Judy. Okay, I've been around them. Again, she has personalized scripture verses, hasn't she? Just personalized them. I like this one. We will be a thankful home. A thankful home. Always offering thanks and acknowledging that it is the hand of the Lord that has provided every good thing. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. We will always remember that we may only have tomorrow the things that we have thanked him for today. Again, she's using scripture verses in what she's doing. Her next one is about spiritual warfare and armoring up. She said we're keenly aware of spiritual battles uh, presented to us regularly and we will equip ourselves with the armor of God and she puts down some scripture verses there the next one we will not be a friend of the world but with the powerful tools of the word we will overcome that and again she has verses listed there notice these words we will strive to live humbly before the Lord and again she has verses there she says we will strive again to conform to the image of Christ we will be devoted to the Lord you know, I, I like the way that she has word th worded these things in the sense that it's talking about a direction she's going. We're going to strive to do this. We're going to purpose to do this. We're, this is where we're headed, not I'm going to do this. This is I will do this like a, uh, um, a vow that you would make to the Lord and then you mess up. And the first thing you do, you're going, you, you, you've just, you're decimated and destroyed because you know how the Lord takes seriously those vows. But she has a purpose statement here, a direction she's going. This is where she's headed and she's working on that constantly. He's working on that constantly more and more and more. The reason I keep saying she, I'm sure Jeff was a part of this, but I guarantee you he didn't write it. You know, I've seen what Jeff writes. Okay. So she's the, She's the one that did the legwork on it. What do you think about that? That was good stuff. Joshua was well aware of the challenges before him and before the children of Israel to be faithful to God. And Joshua had no confidence in those people that they were going to choose God's best. 
He told them that. He said, you won't. However, he gave them direction. He gave them direction, first of all, by the way he himself was going to walk into this. He was executing the role and the authority that God had given him to do, and he did it in accordance with authority, in accordance with the role that God, position that God had given him to do. And he started here speaking of his own household because he had strong ideas about where the world around him was going. He was determined in the midst of that not to go that direction. And that's sort of where it all started. In like fashion, we know which way the world is going. And we have a choice to make as to which way that we are going to go. And just as Joshua gave direction to the world around him, we can give direction to the world around us about what we choose to strive to purpose to live in, in honor of Christ and in our relationship with Christ and to glorify him and to live faithfully in that relationship. As we do that on a personal basis, as we do that in our home, and then eventually as it reaches out to the world. Is your home a testimony? Sure. A Christian home is a testimony to the world. A huge testimony. So where's the world going? Well, in Matthew 24, 3, Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives and the disciples came to him and said to him privately, tell us, they said, when will this happen? And what will be a sign of your coming and the end of the age? And then he gives several things here. I'm going to drop down. And he said, you'll be handed over to be persecuted, put to death, and you'll be hated by all nations because of me. And at that time, many will turn away from the faith and they will betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and they will deceive many people. Is that happening today? Because of the increase of wickedness, because of the increase, the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. Boy, that one shakes you just a little bit, doesn't it? The subtleness of the wickedness that creeps in that causes love to grow cold. And it's all around us. But he who stands firm to the end will be saved and the gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations and then the end will come. And then in Luke 18, 80, he says, when the son of man comes, will he find faith on earth? We want desperately to be a part of those whose love does not grow, grow cold, don't we? To be a part of those whose faith does not waver. This is our, our direction, and this is upstream against the world, is it not? And this is what Joshua was up against, the same thing. He knew the way that the world was going to go, and he had made a choice to say, as for me and my household, we're going to make an effort to go this direction. We're going to follow the Lord. This is the way we're going to set our path in motion. I don't think you can give enough attention to that. And by writing things down like this, I think it makes a difference. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to um, hold Jeff and Judy to this. I'm going to ask them every week when they come in here, probably for until I retire, did you read it this week? Did you sit down as a couple and go over this one more time? If they read this daily, it would be huge together. But if they read it once a week together, would that make a difference in their home? 
just to be reminded of those things would make a difference. I tell you, another good time to read it might be just before the grandkids come over. Hmm? Not going to be harsh with grandma. We're going to speak words that edify. We're going to tell them about the great things the Lord has done. Wouldn't that be great to just remind yourself before the grandkids come over? Mm -hmm. You're thinking, do I have enough chocolate popsicles so that I can sugar them up and send them home, right? No, there's a little more to it than that, right? I thought the statements that she had written were amazing. As a matter of fact, it kind of challenged Lori and I, and I'll talk about that in a minute. Um, but there was something that was lacking here. And uh, even though we're going to jump into this again, Lori and I, as we read through that, we were challenged to jump into this again with both feet because I shared with you last week our theological statement that we had for our family uh, that we operated on all those years as the kids grew up. Uh, but the kids are gone. And Judy's has, it's pretty well specific to a particular stage in life, isn't it? And she just came to that stage in life. Uh, Jeff just retired uh, this year, a little bit before I am, I guess. And so they're reassessing, you know. Does life ever cause us to reassess? We've got um, three ladies in our church um, that are expecting babies. Uh, and so it's going to be great for us as a as a household to get to uh, uh, what are we crying about over there, Addie? Hmm? She got told. What? She got told no. <laughs> oh my goodness! How dare they tell you no? Yeah, I'm with you. Okay, so um, yeah, I don't know, grandkids. I see them crying, and I wonder what's going on. Okay. Um, Assessing your life where it's at. Three grandbabies uh, come, or babies coming into our congregation. A new grandbaby for me coming into the world. Transitions? Maybe change your life a little bit? Are you with expectation looking to that? Or are these ladies doing something different? Or are they just going to wait till the last minute and hope they can get some sleep, right? No. I mean, they go into nesting. There's all kinds of preparation for that. I'm amazed how often we're really just reacting to what life brings us instead of being proactive and where we're moving forward, you know. And so uh, uh, this is one of the, of the ways that you can be really proactive in that. Hey, we've got a new baby coming. I've got a new stage of life. There's some transitions going on. Sometimes they just creep up on you. I mean, uh, sometimes you, you, you don't plan on it, but your, your parents are dead. You don't plan on it, but your spouse is gone. You don't, I mean, you'll plan on it, but your health all of a sudden is evaporated. I mean, sometimes stuff just comes. Uh, and uh, if we've done our homework right, then we're ready for that too as well, aren't we? I mean, at least we have our feet on something solid so that we can get through it uh, a little bit better. But um, as I look at this and as I'm challenged in this, uh, one of the things that, that I, I think that, that Judy was lacking there, and one of the things that I think that uh, uh, Tirza majored on and did well with, was when you take these, these general rules or these general principles or goals that you have, and you begin to walk through them, they're going to they're gonna appear in ways uh, that are task-oriented. Does that make sense? You're going to see some things that you're going to be able to do on a repetitious kind of basis in order to accomplish these things. For instance, one of Judy's was to pray. 
Okay, we're going to be a house of prayer. Great. You've got that going. And so what does that look like? And so you need to kind of outline that. And Lori and I want to have a house of prayer. And so some of the things that we would discuss in that process would be what? Well, let's pray before the meals, every meal, so that we can be sure that we're thankful to God because that's something else that we want to pray about. Now, Lori already prays before meals, but we just want to do that. Matter of fact, she likes to go through the whole prayer list before meals, and I've talked to her about this before. I like my food warm, you know, and uh, I will intentionally, I think she does it so I'll pray because I thank the Lord for the food, and then we can go ahead and eat, you know. In the Old Testament, uh, you know, they used to pray after the meal then you really would sit back and take the time to go through the prayer list or whatever without the rush of having cold food in front of you. You know, I mean, you got to have your priorities right here. But uh, uh, praying before a meal, right? What about a, a, a family prayer time between us? Uh, I don't know, in the evening, in the morning. Um, what else could you do? Well, you write it down, you set it, you put it in motion. Are there collective prayer meetings that we could meet with and pray with other people? Yeah, you know. So, you know, you're doing some task. Do you see what I'm saying? And so Tirza, on her particular uh, household, the one she and Preston worked up, here she has her family purpose statement written out. And over here she's broken it down into some tasks that are actually measurable. And so what she does then, as she does these things, if they don't accomplish this big goal, what do you do? You change these over here, don't you? To see if you're getting where you want to be. I want to, on a personal level, I want to grow continually my love relationship with Jesus. I have some things that I have written down that I want to do to help me do that. One is to read the Bible every day. Another is to pray. Another is some journaling. Okay, you get the idea. You've got your list, right? Okay, so if I'm reading the Bible every day and it's not helping me draw, draw closer to God, then something needs to change. Something's wrong. You know, well, what is it? I've talked to you about this before. Maybe, maybe I need to get a translation I can understand and put the Hebrew Bible away. You know, I, I, you know whatever it is, uh, there needs to be something in that that is evaluated. So if it's not doing what I want it to do, I make changes so that it does. And the goal becomes the directive. I want to get closer to the Lord. And sometimes you just kind of plow through things anyway, knowing that you're going to get there. But when you know your prime directive, when you have those things before you, then you can break them into task. Now, I... I Bet you money, if they read this every week, if they go over this continually with the kids, if they practice these things they have over here and continue to read them and go over them, I'm guaranteeing you, I would bet you, I don't know, will you tell me what you want to bet. You compare this to the family that has nothing written down, that's never figured out a goal, that's never put a task down, and in the end, which one is going to be able to stand and say, as for me and my house, we serve the Lord. I'm guaranteeing you this family will do better. Why? Because we operate with renewed minds. And he tells us in Romans, we have to keep renewing our minds. Have to keep renewing them. And we forget really fast. 
And there's so much value in grabbing onto those truths that God gives you that you don't want to lose. You know what I'm talking about? You're sitting in a sermon or a conference or you're reading the Bible and all of a sudden you get a truth that you've never seen before. You go, oh my, I, I, that's awesome. I don't want to lose that one. And a week later you're going, I can't remember it. Write those things down. You can review them. You can go over them. You can hold on to by renewing your mind in the truths that God has given you. So anyway, we were, we were challenged by this. We were encouraged by this. And we're going to go back and rewrite ours for a new stage in life. Um, I'm looking at retirement. I see that as finally slowing down and acting my age. You know, uh, I'm, I've needed to do this probably for two years. But when COVID hit, it kind of took it off the table for me. I want this transition to be the blessing God intends this transition to be in my life. But every blessing I have ever received in my life came with some responsibility. Blessed to be a blessing. You ever heard that? And we think that we've been blessed so that we can just consume it on ourselves sometimes. I don't think that's the way it works. You've heard it. We are blessed to be a blessing. We're walking into this as a blessing. But this blessing has responsibility, doesn't it? Listen, you've been given a new child. Is that not a blessing in your home? No responsibility there. And if you don't walk into the responsibility of that new blessing, what happens? You'll lose the joy of the blessing. If you try... To live in the blessing and the joy of the blessing without assuming the responsibilities of that blessing. That blessing will lose its joy. Let me give you some biblical illustrations of that. In Genesis 12 and 1. The Lord said to Abraham. Leave your country, your people, your father's household and go to the land that I will show you. And I will make you into a great nation and I'm going to bless you. And I'll make your name great. You can be famous. I, some would consider that a blessing. And you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. Curse those who curse you. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Blessed to be a blessing. What did Abraham have to do to be this blessing? There was some responsibility here. What did he have to do? Leave your country, your people, your father's household. Go to the land that I will show you. Obey. Walk with me in faith. And you'll be a blessing. You've got a new baby in your household. That's a blessing. What are the responsibilities of that? Before God, honoring Him, what are those responsibilities? Wouldn't it be great to give some time and attention to that? It's a faith thing that we see in Abraham. And it's a Jesus thing that we see in Abraham, his seed, that is ultimately the blessing that's talked about here. 
In Galatians 3 and 14, he says, He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, so that by faith we may receive the promise of the Spirit. Boy, not only those people in that time, the people who cursed him in that time, the people who blessed him in that time, but all the way down to us, where the seed of Abraham finds and meets the Savior of the world, the Son of God. And the faith response that Abraham demonstrated is the faith response that we're called on to demonstrate as we look at our Savior. In Ephesians 1.3 it says, Praise be to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realm with every spiritual blessing in Christ. You want to talk about blessed to be a blessing, look at Jesus. We don't have anything, nothing in the spiritual arena if it weren't for Jesus Christ. And if God had not done what he did in Jesus and blessed Jesus as he blessed him as the son of God walking in obedience to the heavenly father, what would we have? Nothing. Blessed to be a blessing. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us to be adopted as his son, sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and his will to the praise of his glory and grace, which he has freely given to us in the one he loves. The one he loves. In him, we have redemption through the blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. That he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. And he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure. Which he purposed in Christ. To be put into effect when the times will have reached their fulfillment. To bring all things in heaven and earth together under one head even Christ. Jesus was blessed. And the ultimate blessing is ours. Blessed to be a blessing. Blessings have responsibilities. In a very kind of realistic, practical way, though, too, this works as well. If you look in Acts, the 27th chapter, and jump out of the spiritual arena for just a second, you'll see that uh, Paul was, uh, was uh, given the lives of those people around him blessed to be a blessing uh, simply because God wasn't finished with him yet and had something for him to do and in his graciousness decided to give him the people he traveled with. Listen to this in Acts 27. After the men had gone a long time without food, Paul stood up before them and said, Men, you should have taken my advice not to sail from Crete. Then you would have spared yourself this damage and loss. But now I urge you to keep up your courage because not one of you will be lost. Only the ship will be destroyed. Last night an angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve, stood beside me. And he said, do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand trial before Caesar. And God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. Blessed be a blessing. So keep up your courage, men. For I have faith in the Lord, faith in God, that it will happen just as he told me. Nevertheless, we're going to run aground and we're going to be stuck on some island. 
You think David was blessed just for David or to bless many? You think Moses was blessed just to bless Moses or to bless a nation? Do you think that Joseph was blessed the way he was to keep the world probably from starvation at that time? Blessed to be a blessing. Okay, so if you're going to do this, here's something, here's something practical that you can do. You can sit down and say, well, I don't even know how to write this out. You could sit down and say, where has God blessed me? If you can't list anything, you're in trouble. But you could say, where has God blessed me? And you could write that down. And then you could say, what responsibilities are mine because he's blessed me in that way? And you could purpose to walk into those blessings, couldn't you? And you could articulate that, and you then should take that and look at that in light of Scripture. Be sure that everything you do lines up with Scripture. I love the way both Tirza and Judy did that. Preston, too, and Jeff. I'm not giving them any credit, okay? But I'm sure they were there. I mean, they, they said they were, okay? That's a good way to start. The world needs us. To follow through on a personal level, the world needs us to follow through as households and families of faith. And to take it with us when we leave those places and move into uh, the world at large. I'm almost scared to do this, but I'll extend my offer one more week, okay? Because I know this may cost me. And, and for you old people, I know I said if you don't have children, it doesn't apply. But this is the deal. I changed my mind. I'm not going to give you anything except Lori and I will take you out to, to breakfast. Okay? And you have to bring it with you, and we're going to discuss it, discuss it when we get there. All right? And I've already got a pretty full calendar, so don't expect it to happen tomorrow. Hunting season's coming up, okay, so, and I'm taking a trip to Texas, but it'll happen before I retire in March, all right? So if you take the trouble to write one out, I will put you on the calendar just like I have Jeff and Judy on the calendar. We're going to sit and discuss this. Actually, there won't be anything to discuss because she'll watch this sermon online. They're not going to be here today because she's turning 60 years old. I know she doesn't want that announced, and... Uh, and uh, uh, she heard what I said this morning, so she'll already have made... Uh, some kind of uh, adjustments in her thinking there that might that might help her, okay? Um, and I'll share mine with you. So that's my deal, all right? Why? I really think this is important. No matter where you're at, what stage of life you're at, that you know where you're at and where you're going because you got a better chance of getting there. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for blessing us in Christ Jesus. Wow. All that we have, the hope of our salvation is in the blessing that you have poured out upon Christ Jesus that pours out upon us. Lord, uh, help us to bless our world in the same way. We love you, Lord. We thank you for our moments together. We ask that you speak to our hearts, guide us and direct us into those next steps you'd have us to make as we love you, become conformed to your image, as we are your servants and ambassadors for Christ in a lost and dying world. Give us direction for Jesus' sake. Amen.